The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Thanks for hanging out with us for our latest podcast. It's our first of the new year, so Happy New Year, everybody. On the show today, you're going to hear from one of the minor league signees that the Rays have uh, on the pitching side, and that's David Hess, who used to be with Baltimore. We'll explore what led him to end up signing with the Rays and why he thought this might be a really good opportunity. But we kind of look now at where things stand five, six weeks before the beginning of spring training. At least that's where we're headed now with uh, Vice President of Baseball Operations, Peter Bendix. And Peter, normally um, Christmas week is the week for you guys to kind of recharge your batteries. And this year obviously was different uh, with a monstrous trade involving Blake Snell. Um which we discussed on a, on a podcast during that week with Eric Neander. So from your standpoint, are, are no weeks now off weeks? Is it, I mean, has that gone by the wayside? You know, it's not really uh, the case that there's too much downtime, even in what's called the off season. Um, it's funny, I've had conversations with players towards the end of the season where they're making small talk and they'll just say, you know, what are you doing for your off season? Where are you going? Where are you living? And um, I don't think there's necessarily a full understanding that just because there's no games being played doesn't mean that our work stops. If anything, a lot of times we have more to do in the offseason than we might during the season. Um, And, you know, it slows down around the holidays, around New Year's, but there's no guarantee that it will completely shut off. And this year was the case that we spent more time than usual uh, and it culminated in a trade, but Many years it's true that we are still discussing trades that never happen or that happen later in the winter, even over, you know, the holiday period. So did it get quiet at least for a few days after the trade was made, or, or was it pretty active still for you guys considering that norm, what normally happens during that stretch? It was certainly more quiet then than it is at other points in the off offseason. Um, I think everybody involved makes at least some effort to take some downtime or at least to kind of cool the things a little bit. Um, and I think to, to his credit, Eric does a great job internally of delaying any work that isn't super urgent, super high priority. If it can wait until, you know, after New Year's or until slightly more normal times, uh, it will. But sometimes, as we see, there's just things that can't wait, and so we have to, to work on that. But it's certainly less busy than it would be, say, this week. This week in particular, there's not been a ton of activity, but there was a huge move with the Indians and Mets making the Lindor-Carrasco trade. Does that start to move things a little bit from your standpoint? Do any particular trades kind of act in terms of kind of figuring out or, or at least leading to the rest of the market moving? Because it certainly has been one of the slowest off seasons I can recall. It has been. Um, I don't know that any specific trade or, or free agent signing is exactly the first domino that's going to spur a whole bunch of other things into action. But I do think that this week, at least from our perspective, things have picked up a little bit. I think the new year and being closer to spring training there's a little bit more urgency on all ends. So it wasn't as surprising to see big name players traded this week. Uh, I don't know that that will have a direct impact on anything that we're doing, but I think it is kind of a, a sign that the market might be picking up a little bit. Do you think there's been more activity on, from your standpoint on the free agent side or on the trade side in terms of filling needs at this point? And is there more urgency on your side or is it on the agent side from free agency? We're, um, we're ready to make moves for the most part, uh, but 
I would say that just everything seems like it's a little bit slower this year. And I don't know if that's actually uh, true or if it's just a perception, but it certainly feels that way. Um, I would say we're having a lot of conversations with teams as we do every off season, and it's very difficult to predict whether those conversations will actually result in any kind of trade, and if they do, how quickly that will happen. And I think the same thing is true on the free agent side. Uh, we're you know, not terribly likely to be among the high bidder for some of the highest end free agents. Um, but for other players, some of them like to sign quickly, as we saw with Michael Waka. Uh, we were able to get that done relatively early in the offseason, at least for us. And a lot of players like to play things a little slow, slower and see kind of what all of their options are. I think this year in particular, just with all of the uncertainties around the virus and the uncertainties around the vaccine timeline and whether or not spring training will start on time and just so much is fluid that I can understand both sides or all parties involved wanting to wait as long as possible to get as much information as possible about what the season's going to look like, what the, the landscape is going to look like. So do we expect more clarity on spring training in the next week or two? And how much will that help, do you think, move the needle a little bit? Because if it, if it is starting on time, then the assumption would be, hey, we've only got a few weeks to, to get signed and find a place for spring training. Yeah, I don't know. I'm hopeful that we'll have more information about spring training soon, but I don't really know what the timeline is on that. Uh, like everyone else, I'm just kind of waiting and seeing and, and hoping that things are going to be as normal as possible. In terms of needs, you guys have acquired a fair number of catchers. You re-signed Mike Zanino, you traded for Francisco Mejia, you signed Kevin Smith and Joe Odom to minor league deals. Is there still a need for additional catching at this point, or do you guys, at least right now, have the focus on pitching, pitching, and more pitching? I think we feel pretty good about our catching situation. I think our MO is to always be open-minded and to always try to take an opportunity if it presents itself, almost regardless of the situation. But I think we feel as good about our catching situation as we have at this point in the offseason in, in, you know, in a while. I think um, between Zanino, between Kevin Smith and Mejia, um, I think we feel pretty comfortable that two of those guys can hold down the, the, the job and that the third guy can be pretty good depth if it comes to that. I think we'd be open to adding more, but I think we feel pretty good about the catching spot. I agree with you. I'd say our primary area that we're working to address right now is pitching. Um, again, not ruling anything else out, uh, but I would say the pitcher, especially somebody who can carry some length, whether it's in a starter's role, a bulk role, whatever role that is kind of able to carry length, I'd say that's the top priority at this point. And it, do you think it's more likely to come from Major league free agency, minor league free agency, trades, combination. Do you hope to bring multiple people in between now and the start of the spring? You know, it's really hard to say where it's going to come from. Things are so fluid that my prediction today might be different than my prediction tomorrow. Uh, but I do think we're, we're hopeful that we can bring in multiple pitchers. I'm not certain that we'll be able to, and I'm very confident in the guys that we do have in the organization. I think the hope would be to create a little bit more competition and have the ability to make tough decisions 
as in they, we, that we have too many players available for not enough roster spots, as opposed to make tough decisions where we have too few players available. How have conversations gone on the minor league side? And the reason I ask that, Pete, is because of the fact that you do have three guys coming off Tommy John who are likely guys who you would put on the 60-day creating roster spot if, if you know someone proves himself in spring training. And, and that's a, a rare situation. I would think it would be attractive. I think it probably is attractive. It's difficult for me to say exactly what some, some players and agents are thinking. Um, it is true that we will have at least three, three pitchers who are going to uh, almost certainly be on the 60-day IL, which opens up a 40-man spot, which is, is pretty coveted. Um, and I would say looking at our 40-man roster right now, we don't feel like we have enough pitchers who can contribute to the 2021 club, at least out of the gate. So that's definitely a goal to be able to add to that. And having three 40-man spots coming open is a fairly clear lane to doing so. But it's also a lot to ask of a, of a pitcher who might have a major league opportunity elsewhere to come here and compete for one of those spots as opposed to take something that's more guaranteed elsewhere. So it's certainly a selling point. Um, and I'm very confident in the, the minor league process that we've had in the past and how that has produced a lot of pitchers who have helped our club. And I think that's going to be the case again this year. Um, but it's still, it's still a, a difficult needle to thread. And we've got David Hess on the podcast later on, and, and that's something we touch on is how attractive the opportunity was for him. And obviously every individual looks at it differently, but it would seem that guys like him would seem to be a good fit. I agree, and I, I'm hopeful and I'm confident that the success that we've had, especially on the pitching side in the last few years, the pitching infrastructure that we have in place with Kyle Snyder, um, with our analytics team, and just with the, the synergy that we have between all the people who are working in pitching in our organization, it's a very attractive thing to a lot of free agents. Uh, the way that we utilize every piece of information that's available to us, the way that we truly try to put the pitcher first and prioritize his health, his well-being, and his kind of long-term ability, even if he's only going to be here for one or two years. I think pitchers out there see that. I think it's attractive, and I think it, it might mean that occasionally they will come here and take less money uh, for the opportunity and bet on themselves, their long-term, and the ability to get better here. One thing I was curious, too, about is the foreign markets. I, I was a little bit surprised this week when, and, and not that the Rays would have been interested in him, but Justin Smoke signed a $6 million one-year deal in Japan. And I'm wondering with the uncertainty um, and, and the more greater likelihood of them being able to get through their season or maybe having a fuller season, do you think you're going to see some players uh, take that route, whether it's position players, pitchers, and whether that may impact part of the market that you guys are looking at? It's really hard to speculate. I can only imagine how difficult a decision it must be for a player to decide to go play in Japan or in Korea or, or somewhere in a foreign country where you don't speak the language, where you don't know many people, and the choice of bringing your family over there or not, and just all of the uncertainty with that. And then you layer on top the virus concerns and the uncertainty around the seasons. That has to be an incredibly difficult choice. I don't know. It's hard to say whether anything is going to be different this year. But it's one of those things where the more you kind of think about it and put yourself in that position, 
it's really hard. And I admire the players who are willing to attempt it. Uh, I don't know if I would have the same willingness to do so. And I certainly understand the players who have the opportunity and choose not to. But that's, that's a really difficult situation to be in. No doubt. And, and I know you guys have a lot of work still to do as you get ready for the season and challenging knowing all the, the things that go into it. Pete, we uh, appreciate some time and uh, good luck the rest of the way. I'm, ta- I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me. Well, we certainly appreciate having uh, Vice President Peter Bendix on the program to talk about where we are in the offseason. And obviously the Rays have made a fair amount of additions during this offseason. And really one of the first ones was a guy who was in division, and that's uh, right-hander David Hess, who had been with Baltimore. David, thanks very much for a few minutes. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here and uh, talk a little bit. Obviously, you're familiar with the Rays. So what drew you to sign with the Rays? This was the first time you went through free agency, right? Yep, that's right. Um, I think one thing that really was was big for me is obviously how much fun uh, the team has and playing against them over the last few years and and playing in AAA against Durham. um, It's just a group of guys that has a lot of fun playing the game and obviously has had some pretty good results doing it. And so uh, immediately when my agent told me that the Rays were – I mean, really the first team and and the heaviest team coming in free agency, it was almost a no-brainer as to, uh, I mean, just having excitement and kind of trying to get something worked out uh, to be a part of it. When you knew you were going to be a free agent, did you even have in your mind, like, teams that you hoped would be interested? Were the Rays one of those teams you were thinking about, or what was going through your mind as you hit free agency for the first time? I really didn't have any expectations going into it because – you know, the last couple of years, I was kind of trying to figure some stuff out. And so I really had no idea what opposing teams, you know, their perception of me was. I had no idea what the free agent market was going to look like uh, based off of everything with COVID going on this year. Um, so really, I was just kind of open to seeing what was out there, what was available. And uh, like I said, the Rays came in pretty quickly. And I mean, that first day called and said that they were uh, really excited that I was available and they were really looking forward to uh, talking with me and, and hopefully getting me on board with uh, with the team. And so I'm, I'm excited about it. it. It was really a great experience and a great process. But going in, like I said, there weren't really a ton of expectations. I was just excited to see uh, kind of how everything unfolded. And you mentioned the fun that you saw from across the dugout, but they also have a reputation uh, for A, winning and B, developing pitchers. How much did mm-hmm. that help? Tremendously. I've heard nothing but good things from the time I got drafted up until now about how great uh, they are, not just at developing pitchers, but but tapping into little things that maybe seem a little bit, not necessarily overlooked, but kind of overshadowed, I guess. And they find those things and they they help you maximize it. And so I'm excited to get to work and uh, just to kind of see, you know, hopefully what that thing is and be able to tap into it and help the team win some games. Obviously, uh, you've learned about that from conversations. Is that conversations when you're with Baltimore facing the Rays, when you're with Dur- uh, Norfolk facing Durham, or does your agent have guys who are in the Rays system that you've talked to? So I'm actually very unfamiliar with a lot of guys, o- other than the guys I've played against coming up in the Rays system. I, w- I was joking with my wife the other day that we're going to a team where I really don't know anybody. And so it's it's going to be kind of a fresh start. Um, but a lot of the experience that I've had with them is uh, the guys that I've played against coming up and then obviously uh, pitching in the big leagues. And just to see, 
I mean, just to see the success and the talent that comes through there. Um, I mean, one guy that really I talked a lot with this last season was uh, Cole Solser. Mm. Um, and he had a lot of great things to say. And so it was, it was kind of ironic. I, I was talking to him a little bit afterwards about how everything kind of came together. And, and just because like when we played against you guys this year, um, we would just have, I, I was asking him what his experiences was like and uh, really just, you know, what was the se- kind of the secret that they had because they <laughs> seemed to find ways to make every, like you said, make everybody better. And, um, and he said, it's a, it's a very, uh, simple approach, but it's a very successful approach. And so uh, I guess even at that point, there was maybe a little foreshadowing of what was to come. Pretty neat story from that aspect. And and obviously, you know, Cole had, has had some unique opportunities with Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. You know, from your standpoint, too, it, it, part of free agency is about finding opportunity. And the Rays do have a few guys who are recovering from Tommy John. So that may mm-hmm. open up 40-man roster spots. Did that mean something to you coming in as a minor league free agent that there may be that easier oper- easier path? Yeah, that that provided for me a lot of excitement. Um, I think anytime, based on you know other guys and experiences I've heard with free agency, trying to find where the best opportunity is is really, I mean, the name of the game as the player. And so uh, early on with the you know the the scenario of that was kind of laid out, and they explained that they had a couple guys that were injured. And, uh, you never want injuries, but it definitely does provide that kind of opening where, you know, if you go in and you have success, then you can go and you can do it at a high level. And so that was something that was really appealing, um, especially, I mean, hoping to get to know those guys and, and see them come back and compete with them, hopefully for, uh, you know, a spot down the road. But really just that that's a very appealing thing for anybody in the position I was in. And so that definitely was on the table with, with the race. And I think, you know, a team that wins, there's a tendency to use whoever they can that they feel can help. And you mm-hmm. look at this year's World Series team, John Curtis, Ryan Sheriff, Aaron Loop, uh, Aaron Slagers, all of them at different levels of experience in the majors, but all on minor league free agent contracts and all help the team get to the World Series this year. And obviously you come in in a similar situation as a, as a minor league free agent. Yeah, I mean, it's they have a great track record with that. Um, I mean, just tremendous opportunity I think across the board and and just seeing exactly that that they find ways to create a great environment a great culture to bring the best out of the guys that are coming in and so when those opportunities do come to the table it seems like guys take advantage of it um really just across I mean from top to bottom it seems like everybody just plays to the best of their abilities while they're there and so that's really exciting that's really something that you know I'm hoping uh, plays out with me as well, and, and ultimately uh, kind of take that next step for the team and, and help win some more ball games and especially postseason games. You mentioned the uh, the secret sauce the Rays seem to have with pitchers. Have you had any <laughs> conversations with Kyle Snyder, the pitching coach, uh, since you signed? And if so, what have those conversations been like? Yeah, we touched base. Uh, I think it might have been last week. Time's kind of blurring together right now, um, being home, but. Uh, we talked recently and didn't really go tremendously in depth on things. Um, he said we would talk more, you know, once camp started up and everything, but mainly just to check in, see how things were going and start to get acquainted with each other. But um, he mentioned a few little things and, and it wasn't anything major. Uh, but like I said, things that we would we would push more on in spring training. So uh, I, I think that's exactly lined up with 
you know, what I've heard. It's little simple things that, um, that are practical and applicable to, uh, the situation that's going on. And, and cause if you get too overcomplicated with things, and I think this is one thing that Snyder was saying that really resonated with me, when you start to overcomplicate things, you're not able to replicate that and repeat that, especially in a game setting. And so keeping everything simple, I think is one thing that I'm really excited about. Well, the other thing that I've heard from guys, you know, I mentioned some of the free agents that were successful last year is a lot of them said that the race focus on what you do well and not mm-hmm. what you don't do well to try and fix. Mm-hmm. Um, was Were there pieces of the conversation about that? And how important is it to know that guys like your strengths, because a lot of this game and success is comfort level? For sure. And that's something I think just having the conversation right off the bat, um, that was one thing that was addressed is we want to focus exactly on that. We want to focus on what you do well and we'll, you know, we'll improve other things as we go. But um, I think that that's a conversation, like I said, we'll have more in camp, but just to know that that awareness is there because like I said, when you go out on the mound and things start kind of going a million miles an hour and you're trying to find a way to slow it down, you don't want to focus on things you don't do well. You want to focus on the things that help you have success. And so just to know that that emphasis is there and will be there, um, it's really reassuring to me because that's something you can take in, you know, in a game setting and, and have success with. As mentioned, senior pitch, obviously several times with, uh, with Baltimore against the Rays. And I think when you've gone well, there's been a really sharp fastball slider combination do you mm-hmm. see that as the strengths of your stuff? What do you see as your strengths in terms of your, your repertoire? Yeah, I think uh, I think I've kind of built a reputation of my fastball being something and, and that combination, really, the fastball slider being kind of my duo. But uh, I've worked a lot, um, you know, on my changeup over the last few years. Uh, as crazy as it sounds, that was actually uh, when I got drafted in 2014, that was my best pitch. And so hmm. um, I'm interested to see kind of how that plays in a little bit. Um, and I developed over the years a slider that has really paired well with my fastball. Um, and I think one thing that I've realized lately too, especially working this off season, just with uh, some of the guys back home, um, I think I've gotten a little bit more confidence in my curveball as well. Uh, so it kind of gives some variety and some options as to what's working that day or just pitchability against different guys. So, um, I would like to think that, you know, I'm a good four pitch mix guy. Uh, but I don't think there's any question if you look at the numbers that, uh, the fastball slider combination is definitely like my bread and butter. And on that end, the Rays do use a lot of analytics. I know Baltimore has become more analytical, um, how anxious are you to kind of just see how the analytics work and, and learn more about your stuff from that? I'm really excited about it. Um, like you said, we, we had a lot more exposure to that in the last couple of years. But I, I think the having the mindset of figuring out um, what you do really well and just building on that. And so uh, I, I'm kind of interested to see why certain things that I do work and why other things don't. and Maybe be able to tweak some things to, to kind of have – uh, a little bit better success. Um, but I think, like you said, they, they do a great job from what I've seen from the outside, uh, and I'm excited to see from the inside as well. And you mentioned you're back home. Uh, is home in Tennessee? I know you went to college there. Where's home? Yeah, so I grew up in Tennessee, um, but my, my wife's family moved to Greenville, South Carolina, and so we followed suit. 
Um, but we love it here. It's a really awesome place. And uh, we're, we've enjoyed a lot of time home this offseason. So Greenville, South Carolina is the place to be. In terms of, you know, in, back in Greenville, what kind of baseball facilities are down there? And give us a feel for what types of things physically you're looking, you know, to get better at stronger before spring training starts. Yeah. So um, I've been working out with a couple guys. Uh, one of them actually just got comeback player of the year, Daniel Bard. Mm. Um, so he's been a really great guy to work with. Uh, and then we have quite a few other minor league and pro guys here as well. Um, so the Greenville Drive has been really generous and allowing us to go over there when the weather's been good. Uh, it's gotten to be a little bit colder now, so we haven't been able to do that as much. But there's also a facility that uh, I've been working out with those guys at, um, going in the mornings, and, and they're handling a lot of the strength aspects and uh, really just making sure that you know functional movement patterns are good, uh, making sure that we're strong, and hopefully preventing any injuries from happening. Um, and so that paired with in the afternoons, well, kind of late mornings, uh, early afternoons, we've been uh, throwing and doing everything with that, just trying to build up and get ready for camp. And so um, I've been really fortunate to be able, you know, with everything going on this year to uh, get some good quality work in with some good quality guys. And how long have you known Daniel Barth? Obviously a tremendous story. Uh, what's, mm -hmm. How's that relationship worked out or how is it, how'd that start? So I got connected with another local guy uh, a couple years ago. And so when COVID hit this year, he was actually the one, his name's Mike Freeman. Uh, he's with the, he was with the Indians. He's a free agent now as well. Um, but he kind of got us connected over the summer and, and along with other guys as well. Um, when we all, we all were kind of getting together and working out in small groups, doing whatever we could. And so I met him when we were back home uh, with everything going on with COVID and, and, he was starting that comeback journey. Um, and so just keeping up with him through the year uh, has been, I mean, really incredible what he's done and it couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, so it's been really fun to get to know him and, and pick his brain and just see based off of his experiences, things that he has to offer and things that he's learned. Um, and he has a, I think he brings a unique skill set, I guess, to the the table because he was actually coaching with the Diamondbacks uh, doing mental skills stuff for a couple of years. And so he has like a really, really good uh, grip on that aspect as well. Mm. So that's something that we've talked a lot about and really uh, made a point to kind of grow in this off season. Well, hopefully this season is a real good one for growth for you with the race organization. Um, we, uh, we look forward to seeing you on the field and uh, let's, uh, let's hope for a very successful year. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Well, we certainly appreciate the time of David Hess and great to have him and Peter Bendix on the podcast today. We certainly thank you for listening. And if there's something you want to hear, all you have to do is tweet me at Neil Solons at Rays Radio and we continue to have podcasts as this offseason continues. In the meantime, continue to enjoy your offseason. You can check out our blog for other posts at RaysRadio.moblogs.com and we'll chat with you soon.